Hi, Marcia. How are you today? Doing well. The sun is back after a tropical storm, so, but I'm happy with that. Yeah, so we're having um, what I would almost call a heat wave. It's November 9, and it was 20 degrees Celsius, Celsius out there, which is, uh, I don't know if it's unprecedented for um, this far north, but it's amazing. So um, I'm, and we're enjoying this here too. And it's been an eventful week in so many ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm looking forward to do an episode two with you um, about the mindset. So hi, everyone. This is Dirk. And this is Marcia. And we are on a mission to make companies more customer-centric. Welcome back. This is the second part of our two-part episode about decision-makers' mindset in a customer-oriented world. To recap, all the leaders in your company were born in the last century, and the majority, if not all of them, was educated with 20th century material, from Taylorism to shareholder value. One of my children studies economics, and all I know is that she receives pretty much the same education as I did 30 years ago, which is kind of scary um, because the times have changed. With the world going digital, it's nothing less than kind of like a big drama playing out there. In its essence, it's very simple. We're connecting everyone, everything, everywhere, all the time. And organizations are becoming capable of delivering those instant, intimate, and you know, basically often frictionless value on a super large scale. Now, for those companies that continue to be run as if we were still in the 20th century, which was based on the principle of profit maximization and a philosophy of control, the future, frankly, is not bright. For many, even their present is already scary. And if they fail, that's not because of bad management, but because they followed the dictates of good management practices from yesterday. So question, what needs to be done differently? Where are those blind and sticky spots we might have and how do we overcome that? Today, we want to talk about one seemingly unimportant example, what we believe it exemplifies the core of the problem. Marcia. Yeah. In our research for this topic, we heard about a Tesla customer that when he was uh, going to pick up the car, he looked at the GPS and he saw his home address already added to the GPS. Yeah, and I remember when we heard about it, we looked at each other and we thought, that's actually a pretty cool, neat thing. We should be talking about it. So what is so special about having a customer having their home address in their new car already programmed in? Yeah, there, there is a strong emotional connection that Tesla creates with the customer in this case because it's unique. So it's the person address, it's home. So it's attention to the detail that makes that car a that person's car, not my car, not your car. So it's very specific. And the detail-oriented uh, aspect of this uh, connection with the company, with the customer, not only the product. Yeah, it's literally got my name in it. Yeah, so mm -hmm. it's not one of those mass-produced mass products anymore. It's customized for me, which makes it, you know, for a buyer's perspective, for a customer that already makes it special. Now, um, an engineer or um, uh, a clerk or whoever from the organization uh, that made those cars might say, oh, 
it's a simple process. Um, it's a two minute thing and the address isn't already in there. But Marcia, apparently we don't hear those kind of stories from other companies. So mm -hmm. the real question is, why don't other premium car makers, and it's to drop a few names from BMW, Lexus, Mercedes, and so on and so forth, why are not that? Why are they not doing things like this? Mm -hmm. So we are talking about the 20th century versus the 21st century. So we are used to have the product, uh, the processes. I'm sorry, uh, measured, controlled. ROIED to the millimeter, to the minute, to the dollar. So in addition, there is uh, that mentality of it's not part of my job description mindset. That is really how many people still operate when they are in the 20th century mindset. So uh, what one person may have had the idea uh, and may be passionate about the customer in the spirit of Taylorism, this should be or could be seen as an anarchy anarchic idea, right? But in our example yeah. today, there is most likely an organic idea that came up from someone connected to the customer mindset in the organization, but the leader of the organization allowed that person or that team to implement the idea. So yeah. if we really go deep in this idea, there is a likelihood in the terms of uh, uh, this may happen in many other solutions in many areas of the organization, yes. but it's a unique connection between the customer and the product, but the experience is what creates that. It's not the product feature. Huh? So in a mechanical world and the structure and processes, this little thing, uh, this little thing may not necessarily made a lot of difference, but a loyal customer may notice, yeah, yeah they notice yeah. that, right? And companies that are really customer-oriented will notice this mindset, this little different. Yes, and I do think you touched on the key aspect here. The decisions that are made fostering a certain mindset, they create what you, know, what you and I usually call a specific paradigm. So as an employee, am I allowed to contribute wherever I feel I can and I have you know, something valuable to say or mm -hmm. do, is the focus of the organization about creating value for the customer? Is it about creating value just in terms of profit? High mm -hmm. 20th century. Or mm -hmm. you know, does everyone in the organization understand their unique contribution to delivering a value to the customer? Which takes us back to our first ever episode where we said everyone's in sales. Yeah. So listening to their customers, paying attention to the needs, being open to step away from the process, thinking about, okay, I'm doing the right thing to my customer. Happens to sound easy, but it's nothing less than turning things upside down. It's a, a huge leap of faith. Yes, and uh, so true. And we're not asking to forget about profit, more of the opposite. Customer-focused companies are more profitable than traditional companies. Mm -hmm. It's just that the path to profit is different. Of course, you need to have a great product or service and a fair amount of tailorism to get it out the door. But mm -hmm. it's of no use. All of this is of no use if you don't know how to create the unique bond with your customers. And that mm -hmm. sometimes can mean putting the home address in a new car. Now, yes. Um, in this VCars, I mean, of course, we're not determined to solve the um, economic formula of the 21st century, although we, it would be nice if we did. But, um, <laughs> you know, at least we're having a lot of fun putting these, you know, sometimes con more controversial ideas out there. Um, as a person, 
personal mantra, I've always felt it's good to assume that I don't know what I don't know. And I believe that's a great starting point for leaders who decide to start searching. Like, how is my decision-making influenced by a begone paradigm 21st century? And how am I empowering my organization instead to create customer value? It's a balancing act and progress is a step-by-step approach. We're not talking a revolution here. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, you know, I think I can speak for the both of us. We hope you liked today's episode. Um, thanks for watching. Marcia, um, what are we going to talk about next week? Okay. So as children of the 20th century, we have everything planned out to Christmas. But we have. I feel like going with the flow, especially after this episode. So let's see. Okay. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> this is Marcia. And this is Dirk, and we're on a mission to make companies more customer-centric. Bye-bye. Thank you. See you soon. Bye.